Welcome to the Murder We Watched podcast. Tonight's episode, Capital Offense. I don't know how you guys do it. Yeah. I have to tell you, I found myself thinking that within an, one minute into the episode, I'm like, how the fuck? Are they going to do this? Are they going to finish? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so glad I'm you are. I'm questioning everything in my life. <laughs> so... Do, do you get stoked thinking about, holy fuck, we're going to attempt watching every single episode of this? I know. I am 27 <laughs> years old right now. I will be 34 years old when we are maybe sort of potentially done with this show. Oh if if we did one episode a week, <laughs> one, if we did one episode a week, it would take us at least five years to do this. 22 episodes a season, so we do two seasons of the show every year-ish. Oh, wow. With some yeah. breaks in between, so that's, tw- and there's 12 seasons, so Jeez. just like, in a perfect world, we will be done. We So what I'm trying to say is we will be single till we are 33 <laughs> years old. Right, I was going to say, you guys, you're, you're dating the same chick, and you're fine with it. You yeah. know, it's yeah. it's Jessica Fletcher is your girl, your main squeeze. At what stage when you're when you're on a date do you actually drop like, yeah? So I got this podcast. Uh. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if this comes up ever. I think this stays. This is my secret. This is my. <laughs> This is if my wife finds out about this. Yeah. The, it's a divorce. It's a yeah. nightmare. The kids are angry with me. Ooh, she sees your car. Know. She finds your car in a park, and the lights are on. She's checking to see if you're like having sex with somebody. You're, <laughs> and you're in your huddled recording. You have foam around the windows. No, I, I'm just watching season four on a portable DVD player. Oh, just not what it looks like. Well, I am uh, jerking off, but it's unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having us on. We fucking love the show it's just so fun you bring you clearly bring new life into it i mean you've resuscitated it you brought it out of the grave okay and um it's just it's fun. well you're assuming that murder she wrote died but it is kind of the example of like an old person that you thought was dead but it's still alive well it's still kicking just there it's yeah. just breathing slowly in the corner um well i'm i'm glad to meet her and let me i'm just gotta jump right in you guys Last night, all right, so I'm 41, okay? And so I'm thinking to myself, I've seen, maybe my grandmother watched it. I know about I know about the show, but I don't think I've ever watched it. And I shit you not, that first scene of the title sequence, I was like instantly just brought back to being like this embarrassed, like five-year-old. Like I was really embarrassed yeah. for my grandmother for just loving <laughs> the show. And I was just so embarrassed. And I was—I didn't know the feeling then, but now I know that it was secondhand embarrassment. Yeah, and it's also—it's not just for our family members that have watched this in the past, and it's not just for us that we're watching it now. It's for the filmmakers back in the day thinking, yeah. Yeah, this works. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God. Oh, my God. I just imagine the writers coming out of the writer room and being like, hey, good job today. Yeah, man. Really good. You did great. <laughs> you know, I have I have early memories of this as a kid, but certainly I, it has come to life, really, by listening to the podcast. Yeah. So I have this vision in my head that it was, like, crazy and wackadoo, but it, you served it no justice. Seeing it with my own eyes brought to life just how fucking bizarre and, like, what are you guys doing on set in the writer's room? What's happening? It's it's the age-old question. 
Philosophers have been asking that very same question for at least 30 years now. No one knows. It's super bizarre. No one Jake, knows. Jake, you want to get us uh, officially on the, yeah. on the uh, Amtrak trails? Amtrak trails. Um, hey, everybody. Welcome to Murder We Watched, a podcast where episode by episode we break down the 1980s crime serial Murder, She Wrote, a show catered explicitly for elderly, elderly fucks. fucks. <laughs> My name is Jake Sanders. And I'm Spencer Mirabell. Today we're joined by dear, amazing friends of mine uh, and friends of the podcast and just the coolest fucking people, uh, Liz Grow and Patrick Pope. How are you guys? Oh, we're so good. We're so good. And we are so honored to be on this podcast. It's 100% our favorite. And um, we just enjoy long car rides now because of you guys. You know, we really do. We really do. It, we spice up the passage of time. That's yeah, our yeah. goal. Oh, we get to feeling real steamy after listening to you guys. <laughs> our goal is to find the sensual factor in every episode. So you know, we're really trying to be the new um, version of like a D'Angelo record. So you don't put D'Angelo on anymore. You don't put on slow jams anymore. You put us on. It's on my nasally voice. Just hey, honey, screaming about these old people. Hey, honey, pull up the uh, murder. Murder we watched. Episode seven. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm feeling. Fuck yeah, dude! <laughs> uh, when we get to episode sixty nine, like, I mean, invite come us on. back. Invite us back. Okay. <laughs> maybe. All maybe right, it I'm locking like it in. Party. Episode sixty nine. Now, just so you know, once we get to episode sixty nine, that's barely a fifth of the way through. So. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and it's, it's a, yeah. Well, you, you know what? You guys are doing God's work, okay? Watching every episode because, fuck, man, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know who died, okay? where Was there a murder? <coughs> Some argue that there wasn't one. People people have said. I, maybe I'm sorry. I don't mean to jump the gun, but I'm No, still no, confused. you're fine because that was something that's been plaguing my brain about this episode, too. Do you guys have any other additional history with the show? Yeah, so I watched Bedknobs and Broomsticks as a kid uh, on Disney Sundays, the Sunday night on Disney, that or Disney would take over ABC and play something, and they played that. And mm. I remember being completely terrified of it like the and i was just kind of i was kind of afraid he cat his kids still am really but i was terrified of it and then i the, my memory then of murder she wrote was i would go to my grandparents house and they loved it and i just would get so scared watching murder she wrote oh. because in my head she was bed knobs and broomsticks bitch and <laughs> and, and like she's here to fuck my world so I, I, like as a kid, would just like, I remember going to this like little corner behind my grandpa's lazy boy and just playing with my toys really loudly so that I didn't have to hear her voice or Damn. be reminded of the Lansbury. He was in the fetal position last night for yeah. quite some time. Yes. So the Lansbury is your Duke. Yes. It is my Duke, and I have to, I have to feed it properly yeah, or otherwise man. it eats me. Yeah. Man. Uh, mine is just residual fucking embarrassment for the people, the elderly fucks in my life who watched this show okay <laughs> i knew back then what i know now what the fuck is going on why are you i i just i don't even know where to start so let's just dive yeah in. it is one of those say. shows and like maybe this is a feeling that spencer and i can only share but it felt like where, where was i going with this I don't. That's the feeling. That's the feeling you were <laughs> trying it? to get That's to. The... <laughs> I'm just like the more I know about it, the more questions I have, and the less I know about it, 
I also still have questions. Yeah. But but it's okay. well it's well <laughs> said because holy shit, all of a sudden this like writer slash murder detective is now a fucking politician? Out of nowhere. Well no, not politician. She's just a congresswoman. She <laughs> yeah. have to do the politics. Just straight up congresswoman. <laughs> Basically the, the plot Jessica is appointed as a temporary main congresswoman after the untimely death of Congressman Wendell Joyner. But when another Ugh, when another fellow young congressman is framed for the murder of a spy hooker, <laughs> she, uh, Jessica Fletcher, must come to the aid to prove his innocence. Spy Hooker is the um, not then gentle sequel to Spy Kids. <laughs> yes. It is. Yes. yes. Uh, uh, the in the spy uni- in the spy universe. Yes. Yes. Tonight on Murder She Wrote. He didn't die in bed. He was an alcoholic. I'm not a killer, and I wasn't drunk. The governor is going to ask you to fill the seat. I'm not a politician. Which is precisely why you're the perfect choice. Well, Harry's never denied knowing her, only killing her. He could have been set up. Not by me. You're scum, Dixon, and so are you. Three nights ago, I spotted Marta coming out of the Watergate. Well done, Jake. Yeah. You- Thank you. This was one of the, the biggest stinkers we've had in a while. This is a PU episode. <laughs> uh, this was brutal. And I'm sorry that we jettisoned you guys right into it. You know... I was saying that I think we got the best episode, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Because it was the worst. Like you, it was action packed. I mean, half the time you guys are like, "Wow, I was, I don't, can't even remember what happened here." Well, in right. this episode, how can you fucking forget everything, all of the action and all of the hair? <laughs> Just how the fuck does this woman have so much power? Clout. She does whatever the fuck she wants. Unquestionable too, because <laughs> essentially what happens is she becomes a congresswoman, and there's but only. Only for a couple weeks. It's sort of an interim thing. It's going to be like six weeks or something. But there's this important vote about whether or not there should be a new cannery in the state of Maine. <laughs> That's the big drama. It's like, should or should not there be this cannery? And she actually, of all the politicians featured in this episode, has the most thought and care about the policy. She's like, well, I know my the person who I'm taking over was going to vote this way, but I want to take some time. I've recently, to unwind, I've been watching The West Wing a lot. You know, yeah. hearing people talk very fast about very obscure your policies calms me down yeah. uh, uh, and it's weird juxtaposing watching West Wing with this because she's genuinely actually pretty good at it it's just yeah. bizarre that how we got to there you know you just fall in love with Angela Lansbury she's so good yeah. and I loved that last scene in you know when there's the vote and she's giving her reasons, yada, yada. Yeah, man, she's brilliant. Do we want to try to piece the puzzle together? Or we could try. Let's, do yeah, let's, go, let's go for yeah. it. Okay, so we yeah. open with a DC hotel room and we meet Congressman Dan. I don't know Dan's last name. He's Congressman Dan. That's business, Mr. Dixon. We're here to party. And where is everybody? But we wanted to keep the group small. Give us a chance to talk. About what? You need a refill, Dan. Why don't you fill up the Congressman's glass? Good idea. I don't like this guy. Come on, Ray. He's on the committee. We need him. I don't know what they're celebrating quite yet. Which one's Dan? Let's all vaguely describe Dan because I don't know them all apart from each other. Dan is is the one who gets in trouble. He's the one that later in in the show is the one who is accused of murdering the spy hooker. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So he's got (laughs) the the dark hair. He's got the dark wig. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, Okay. Do you really think they all had wigs? Is that your hypothesis? The hair. I I was, man, I couldn't. They're all toupees. Yeah. yeah, And so in my mind, I'm just like, 
yeah, wig, wig, blondie, wig, darky. Um, <laughs> but it's, so this is the alcoholic, yeah. though. Dan's the alcoholic. Yeah. yeah. So Dan yeah. is the alcoholic, okay. and he, he's celebrating something. And there's his fellow congressmen who are kind of egging him on, and they kind of know that he's a drunk, so they keep giving him drinks. Yeah. And this gal is there. Her name is Marta. She she uses her gold lighter to take oh. pictures, <laughs> which is. Truly amazing, actually. Truly amazing technology. Uh, audience at home can't see it, but Patrick just did a very accurate impersonation of how she does this thing with with Blistex. It's the smallest spy camera, which is cool, you know? Spy cameras, cool, I guess. But the, cool. the, again, just to, not to, and I, I won't keep talking about hair. It's about but the that hair. Pompadour. We knew she was a yeah. spy because of that hair. Well, and the cross-eyed. I felt like it was, she was like doing this cross-eyed thing. And I knew instantly she was a spy though because of the mini camera. But I'm just like, okay, why the eye? Why the big hair? What's in the hair? There was a bunch of women just kind of hanging out in the room. No, I don't, she I was don't, the only one. I don't know. There were, there were two others. No. They scampered out as soon as the heart attack happened. I don't know if anyone noticed. It it, it happened. And it's Gun like, to my head, I, I don't remember. <laughs> what were they what were they doing in there? Like, you have this woman who looked kind of terrifying and Russian almost, doing these like little spy moves. And I was instantly like, oh damn, there's some like high level espionage going on here. Yeah. Because she looked so yeah. intense. And I'll come back to her intensity later when we meet her. Typical murder she wrote fashion. There's like 30 characters that they introduce you like this. We gotta go. We gotta go. Move, 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 move. This is dead. They just died. Too bad. We're good. We're still moving. And in this opening scene, you have like multiple senators. You have the drunk. You have, there's another senator or congressman who's, they don't like, but he needs to be here in order to get this guy here. Why did you tell him Joyner was coming? Joyner hates my guts. I know. It's the only way we could get him here. So there's yeah. like rumblings of some something afoot. Now you introduce the spy elements. So it's like, okay, there's a bunch of chess pieces on this board, which could help solve whatever future murder is going to happen. But in the <laughs> end, man, it just didn't mean anything now, did it? <laughs> I mean, we've had rougher openings, but the problem... I think boils down to exactly what you just said, Jake, which is the introduction of too many characters. And I usually hate the trope of characters saying other characters' names just so we know they are. Thank but you. I think in this situation, we could have we could have used some of that because I didn't. Nobody introduces anybody till later. The only person that's introduced is this man named Wendell Joyner, this congressman who doesn't like some of the people in the room, but he has to be there, and he's pissed that Dan is hanging out with these these schlub congressmen. Uh, surely, congressman, you're not rushing off. You'll join us for a drink. Dan's right, congressman. What'll I fix you? you? Couldn't leave him alone, could you, Dixon? Two rattlesnakes, you find a man's weakness. Wait a minute, George. You're scum, Dixon, and so are you. It's about time somebody's done. What's the matter with him? And he gets so upset that he has a heart attack. And that's when the women, you know, Charlie's Angels go and, the, the, and they take a picture of these congressmen <laughs> thinking, we got to do something with the body. So and then she takes one more picture with her bedazzled spy lighter. And then we go to nowhere else but a, a beautiful helicopter shot of our favorite place, Cabot Cove. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, so if, if I may, before we leave that scene, <clears throat> I just want to say one thing. Please, please. You're a scum, Dixon, and so are you. <laughs> and then, oh, uh, it's such a good delivery. It's he, whoever that fucking old actor is. God bless his fuck? heart, heart attack, heart. Killed it. He just 
kicks it in. Yeah. Just so fucking angry. Fuck well, you. Well, he, he only gets four eighths of a page of a performance, so he's going to really max out every single eighth of the page that he gets in his performance. Oh, he, yeah. He, he was very fit, too. He had been working his whole life for that role. <laughs> I was looking up some of the actors from this episode because I recognized a few of them. Me the too. guy that plays the lobbyist Dixon? Is his name mm-hmm. Dixon? Yeah. That actor looked really familiar, and he's in he's in Liar Liar. He's the like CEO that uh, Jim Carrey just yells at and, and says things about. He's a pedantic, pontificating, pretentious bastard, a belligerent old fart, a worthless steaming pile of cow dung. Figuratively speaking. <laughs> that's the funniest damn thing I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. that's where his career the went. The lobbyist, <laughs> I, I misled you. The lobbyist's name is Harry Parmel. This is going to be a rough discussion, guys. We got, we, got another, we got another Tweedledee and Tweedlefuck type situation where you get two people you can't tell the difference. And so we'll, there are new Ethan Craig, Sheriff, <laughs> uh, insert name here, who I've already forgotten. It's Dan Kepner, Thor, Thor Dan... Danberger. Sorry, we haven't gotten to Thor Dangleberger yet. Thor. A character <laughs> named Thor. God, it only took us 12 episodes to jump the Marvel tie-in shark. Why not? Sure. <laughs> we did it, God, guys. We're, we're still discussing, and there's so much more to talk about <laughs> this opening <laughs> segment. And yet... We haven't even gotten to the absurdity yet. <laughs> I don't like, really want to leave the hotel room because I don't want to get to the other stuff. I don't, no. Let's just stay here for a while. I know. The next scene is a man comes to Jessica Fletcher's home in Maine, in Cabot Cove. He's a politician of sorts. And he says that the governor of Maine has requested... That's why the governor is going to ask you to fill the seat. On an interim basis, of course. Me? Oh, don't be silly. I'm not a politician. Which is precisely why you're the perfect choice. In the t- uh, during his passing. Uh, now, you guys have worked with politicians through some amazing endeavors through marijuana advocacy. Mm-hmm. Is this... Uh, you, have you ever met a quick interim yeah. politician? Yeah. yeah. We were asked to be the you know? governor and the lieutenant governor of yeah. Texas about a week ago. Yeah. Uh, they just kind of asked us oh. on a lark. Up. We stepped up. <coughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, no, that is... Oh, my... It's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> How about, this would have been good, director, give me a shot of Angela Lansbury's law degree, okay? Because she's real old, all right? She's lived a lot of life. (laughs) She's a a renowned author now. Maybe she was a district attorney back then. I would buy that. She passed the bar back in 1823. (laughs) So I don't know if her license lasts that long. You You know, know, but I could still see the governor of Maine. It's like where you can become a priest online. Maybe there's just like a four day (laughs) sort of class you can take and then you immediately get your law degree. But yet she automatically just like puffs up and she's like, "Mm, well, okay. I hated her for that. Okay. (laughs) Her for that. Like, excuse me. You're not going to, you're not going to raise the red flag here. The episode should have been like, he comes in, he asks, hey, we want you to fulfill your civic duty. Yeah. We need you. And she just says, no. And then the credits roll. Yeah. And that's it. That should have been the episode. Well, I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> really weird one, guys. Listen, kind of she just settled in too fast is all I'm saying, okay? She settled in too fast. I do have here in my notes something that, that did come up in this scene that I thought was neat. She has man who arrives, matter of great import, and she slows everything down. She makes tea. And then they cut yeah. hard to them just <laughs> sipping tea. And I was like, you know what? When people stop by to tell me some shit, I'm going to be like, wait a sec. Yeah. Let's Hold make up. Some, let's make some tea. She's classy, man. And then we're going to get into it. She's classy. I don't blame her for that. <laughs> I think yeah. these writers are really good at the hook. Like, they're very good at creating the 
the logline concept that sounds very interesting. And they spent like eight hours deciding it and they go, great, that sounds amazing. We figured it out. So how do we do that? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Oh, shoots shoots in two hours. Yeah, yeah. tell him to say that. And you tell her to say that. And then there's a story. And they have a thesaurus. They have a thesaurus on yeah. set because they have to get at least four, like five syllable words in every at least 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Dude. Completely unnecessary. So highbrow. Well, you're in, for, you're in for a treat because I hear in episode 13, Guys, she goes to Mars. She's one of the first to explore that, that goes. So. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I kind of believed you for a second there. There was an inkling in my it was like, I think he read ahead. Patrick I mean, read ahead. <laughs> I, I do want to say they cut from Jessica Fletcher taking the job to her in DC. I don't remember the transitions. I do remember the music because it did like a my country tis of thee sort of yeah. thing. But the horn like <laughs> dropped. It was like you could tell they played just the legal amount of music they could play from this uh, the mechanical license of the song yeah. and then they just like blurred yes. it out yeah so she so she's driving with uh, this guy named Joan Blinn who's the media liaison I have gotten red carpet treatment before Mr. Blinn but uh, ooh, nothing like this well, you better get used to it and please uh, call me Joe my job is to get your name in the papers Mrs. Fletcher or to keep it out whatever you prefer and he's kind of condescending to her he seems like it's very overwhelming and she sets him straight she says specifically we'll get along just fine if you try to remember that i'm not your adulpated great aunt from east nowhere except uh, i don't know if you guys knew this she kind of is yeah Yeah. Uh, yeah. that was my note oh yeah now she's fucking cool yeah like get out of here jessica butcher you don't belong here man <laughs> she went Hillary too quick. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stop talking, Joe. Well, why don't you Pokemon go to the polls with me? As me? <laughs> I like that that was the joke I was going to make, and I'm glad okay, you okay. did it instead. Because that's the only Hillary Clinton joke I have is this. Play the, play the Pokemon Go clip. Insert here. I don't know who created Pokemon Go, but I'm trying to figure out how we get them to have Pokemon go to the polls. This Joe character, but I really enjoy him. I do too. There was a moment where later on mid episode, he's like super gun ho to help out Jessica. He's like doing side investigations to help track down information that she needs. And he's also going on just copious amounts of dates with like, he keeps calling her like hot numbers or this hot chick that's a senator. Little dish. It's it's appalling, but he's kind of just like a cocky go-getter. And I, there was a moment where I was like, I like this guy. Where's Diana? I don't know. She called in sick after lunch, said she would talk to you later. Listen, if you don't need me anymore today, I have a date tonight. Very hot number from the State Department. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I also enjoy his character. I also think he he's very hot and cold, which makes him mm. unpredictable and very interesting to me. I think that's mm. why, you know, because he can go from being condescending to being caring and sweet. He just seems to be gung-ho. I think that was a perfect phrase they used to describe him. Whatever app he's using to go on all these dates, I need it. I need, so whatever this guy has. To <laughs> this, it's called Hot Dish. Well, I mean, look at him, you guys. Hot look dish. at him. Look at him. He was just, he just looked like What are you like trying to say? You know, I'm just saying, I'm saying not everybody can look like Ken. His sort of adoration and just like willingness to help and like be like, you know, Jess, uh, Jessica's um, sidekick was certainly endearing. One thing annoyed the shit out of me, though. Every time he spoke, he go, well, you can do it like this or you can do it like that. Sure. Then afterwards, I'll drop in on the president for afternoon tea. I'm going to keep trying. Well, you could do it like that, or you could do it like this. <laughs> well, let me help you here. I can get your name in the papers. And it was like, why do you say well? Before you start yeah. every sentence. Yeah. But 
hey, you know, I don't get DC. <laughs> We're not big time actors, you know. Yeah. He's A list. This guy is A plus. Right. Whatever he's doing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a stroke by this point in the episode. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so she arrives at the House of Representatives and she's very in awe of the building. She meets Congressman Dan briefly on her way to her office, and then in her office, she meets her new admin assistant, Diane Sims. Why I was thinking when she enters this office of hers, does every member of Congress have this ginormous of an office? Is, taxpayers that can't money. be po- that cannot be possible. No, and Maine is such a tiny state that really is kind of irrelevant when it comes to the GDP. Why do they have like a god? I mean, it's just like or Nate. It was that was unbelievable. <laughs> I, that was, hey, apparently Maine's doing really well with all these canneries <laughs> that they have. So I don't know. I I didn't know cannery in was that big of a business lucrative it's lucrative and you know you know how i can tell because the congresswoman's jacket was burberry i don't know if anybody caught that when she threw it on her desk Mm. i'm like oh okay jessica you're really really feeling yourself here in this role yeah so she she meets diane diane Mm -hmm. as part of the last tenure of congress Men, she offers her resignation, but Angela's like, no, no, I need the same team. Mrs. Fletcher, welcome, Diana Sims. Oh, how do you do, Miss Sims? Diana's your AA. My what? Administrative assistant, right-hand gal, indispensable. Mrs. Fletcher, my resignation is already on your desk, but I want you to know that I'm prepared to work closely with your incoming staff. My what? Uh, but I don't have an incoming staff. Congressman, join a staff will do me just fine. <laughs> and there's like this... Very over dramatized shot where she crumples up her resignation letter and throws it into the garbage. Takes about 30 minutes to do it. But hey, you got to include the shot, I guess. Uh, yeah. so she, she was worried she wouldn't bruise a finger when she was crumpling the paper. It's a really tough right. piece yeah. of, you know. Yeah, then our lobbyist, this is the lobbyist guy you referenced earlier. Oh, okay. Harry Parmel arrives with flowers and he's asking her to lunch. She's being very overtly charming to her. When he's asking her to lunch, Diane stands behind him and is like shaking her head, don't go with No, 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 no. don't do so it. She, Harry Parmel, an attorney by trade, by choice, an acknowledged expert on the city's finest restaurants. Would you do me the honor of joining me for lunch. You're very kind, Mr. Parmel, but I ate on the plane, uh, perhaps another time. When he leaves, she explains to Jessica, he's a lobbyist, he's wanting to wine and dine you for your vote on this cannery thing. You know, the big hot, there must be literally nothing happening in Congress right now. Right. Nothing of importance. You know, Congressman just died. Nothing of importance. Can you imagine, I just want to pull in a 2020 context, which I know... This isn't a political podcast. I don't want it to be. Sound like really this <laughs> Can you fucking imagine if in the middle of this election cycle, there was suddenly like a senator death and then a cannery bill up on the table? <laughs> I, uh, I also, I just, um, at this point, I had been taking copious notes and really digging everything that was going on. And then I, I just, as she walked into that office and that scene continued and Harry Parmel comes in with roses, I just stopped taking notes because I realized... It's pretty much downhill. It's pointless. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much going wherever. It's a wherever. fruitless effort to take notes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes. yeah. No point. I, I can just, I picture your writing pad being like beautiful calligraphy. You're just taking your time and then like it just dribbles down. It like bleeds. You can just see the ink <laughs> dropping down the page. <laughs> I felt you're just struggling to hold on to it. <laughs> yeah. So we're now in the hotel lobby suite. So she'll be staying in this hotel. And there's this bearded man who slowly turns his head and looks at her. 
kind of creepily. We'll get to him in a second. So then we cut to Dan. He's outside of a bar and grill. And the Dan we've known before is very jolly. He's very fun. You know, he's very excited other than you know someone dying in front of him but now his whole tone has changed he's like smoking a cigarette he's calling on a payphone and he calls jessica and he says sorry if i woke you but look um there's something i have to talk to you about actually mr kepner i i'm in bed i'm awfully tired could it wait until tomorrow morning tomorrow sure and then as he hails a cab marta our secret spy hooker lady shows up and she blackmails him with the photo she's like remember me kind of thing i thought that was a good scene i liked that scene it's clear that they're gonna have some kind of confrontation then just jump to the next day you know this very important detail we're supposed to remember it's now over. Uh, <laughs> now we meet the bearded man. We see the bearded man wearing what can only be described as the worst hat in the haberdashery. Oh. Oh, he starts stalking her, but then she confronts him saying, why are you following me? Detective Lieutenant Avery Mendelson, Mrs. Fletcher. And I'm following you in the hopes of maybe finding out who the hell killed Congressman Wendell Joyner. He's not just a detective. He's not just a lieutenant. He is a detective lieutenant. <laughs> this guy comes in with... Full force. I mean, oh, he man. is he is on a mission to literally be whatever the fuck these lines are that he's got to say, which are like, ah, my elbow hurts. I think crime is afoot. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love that's his character trait. It's that different pains in his body mean different anxieties and frets and like. <laughs> oh, are you all right? Uh, oh, no, no. It's, it's just a back pain. It's, it's chronic. Sister Rachel has the same thing. Hey, you get a little old, get a little heavy. You begin to expect it. Bad feet, bad back. Runs in the family. That they're they're when they he essentially he tells her, hey, like I'm investigating who killed Congressman Joyner, and so they're having tea, and in front of her as they're having tea, he's just rubbing his own foot, oh. like full shoe off, rubbing his foot in front of her. Have you guys ever met someone like this? Is this a person? Is this a thing? Yeah. Is this a person? I am curious about this. Is this yeah. a trope? He, in a, he burps in her face. He burps. Can we talk about that? He burps in her face. He burps. He farts. He shits himself. He pees himself. <laughs> He's a geriatric old man. He, cleans well, his he, he wants to confront her. Yeah. He wants to talk to her about everything. And then it's cut off by his foot hurts, but then his back hurts. But then he burps and he's like, well, all these signs say I probably have to get going. It's a hunch. I have to go find out what that's telling me. He yeah. says what he's uh, the line is. My stomach's acting up, too. Well, my gut starts to growl. It's a sure sign there's a fox loose in the china shop. I wrote that one down, and too. Then, <laughs> yes. And then the reaction of Jessica at the end of that scene, I think, is just genuinely Angela Lansbury reacting to that line of dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> just it's like actually an amazing reaction that Jess, JB has here. Her eyes are like, ooh. Just, <laughs> what the fuck did I just hear? Well, because basically... Like, what am I doing with my life? Is basically what I saw in her eyes. And <laughs> That's what we're asking ourselves. And God. Thank God she has a contract for 12 more seasons, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's what she's thinking. Hey, man, she's, she's like, getting paid. You guys, are, you guys are volunteering right now. Do you think at this point in history they knew this show was like... Was this show popular at this time? That's my question. Because sometimes yeah. shows do very well, then they get signed on for more seasons. I don't know. I'm just curious. At this point, if you saw these... Like, first 12 episodes, you thought, that's the show we want to invest a bunch of money in. People were really vibing with Murder, She Wrote at this they, point in time and history. They really were. You know, there weren't that many options back then, okay? And and mm-hmm. I think that it was exciting when you, you have a new show, the whole season, I think, is being picked up by this cable network. I think people just commit because they wanted to be entertained. 
Hey, this is Spencer. The Murder We Watched team has decided to nix any and all monetization or sponsorship for this podcast. Instead, we want to take a quick break from the show to highlight the nonprofit organization, Lunch on Me. Look, we've all been we've all been prone to it. Ordering too much food, feeling too full to finish a meal, you know, taking some of that and you throwing it in the Tupperware, never doing anything with it, throwing it in the garbage. Listen, we've all been there. Except for millions of Americans experiencing homelessness, that's not really a reality for them to have excess food in the fridge or even complain or joke about it. Everyone in this country, in this world, deserves access to fresh foods. Lunch on Me brings nutritious and organic meals to Skid Row in Los Angeles six days a week, every week, often reaching 10,000 people a month. They work tirelessly to redistribute organic food that would otherwise be wasted in order to create delicious and quality meals. Jake and I will each be donating $25 this month to Lunch on Me and encourage you to donate whatever you can, whenever you can, to help these folks because they're the ones that need it most. Go to lunchonme.org to donate or find out other ways you can help them out. All right, let's get back to the podcast. The podcast. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Mendelssohn made me very uncomfortable. The Mendelssohn character. Mendelssohn's the sheriff, right? Or the detective, yeah. detective lieutenant man. If we Sorry. can't remember the character's name, we just usually call them detective, <laughs> yeah. detective lieutenant man. Describe them vaguely in, in unfortunate nouns. Uh, fat, portly detective. <laughs> Burp boy. Burp boy. <laughs> Burp boy. <laughs> Which was the prequel to Shark Boy. Hey, I'm pain man. I'm always in pain. That's my superpower. <laughs> In this scene, in, in in a matter of minutes, he does all of this gross pigsty shit and somehow convinces Jessica, help me solve this crime, and I'll give you kind of just full authority and, and autonomy to, to do so. Carte blanche, go nuts. I'm going to be working it. You work it too. Ha <laughs> ha, see ya, burp, fart, I'm out. <laughs> so he leaves her he, he leaves her in a whirlwind the next obvious place we need to go to is some random back alley where congressman dan is passed out and a homeless man is take stealing things from him uh that's the next logical we've all been there okay is that a homeless man or is that a vaudeville actor okay because why not both uh, last time i saw i i can't imagine vaudeville is still a lucrative profession this guy's <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that costume! He looked straight off of a broad, like a Broadway play. It that, did. Like, oh. I need it someone like- that looks like a homeless person. If you're sitting in the back, like <laughs> that's what we're dressing you up as. Yes. They just pulled him from some off-off Broadway production. He actually just walked out of the show. And was like, <laughs> I have no money because I work in off-off Broadway. I need to do something. And they were filming the scene where Dan wakes up. And he's like, oh, man, I'm going to steal this guy's money. That's what happened there. Uh, <laughs> it's a documentary. Dan, Dan looks just disheveled as all get out. And he wakes up and he chases after the man who stole his wallet into ongoing traffic. Right. Just As you do. What's it with Murder, She Wrote and characters being okay with just randomly running into the street and cars careening around them? It's worse than that. I forgot about this. It's, so, yeah, it's he runs into traffic. And there just so happens to be a cop car that passes by and sees him. I oh. forgot this part too. And <laughs> they see him. They see this guy in the street, and the the passenger policeman goes, "Hey, hold on a sec!" And he pulls down a photo from like the the mirror. Not just thing. a photo, like an eight and a half by eleven, like a whole spread of his face. And he just goes, "Isn't this the guy?" Watch him, Charlie. Hold it. That's the guy. That's the guy. <laughs> Turn around! <laughs> my, I think my jaw was just like on the floor the entire episode. Yeah, that scene. 
So these these weirdo uh, paparazzi cops is that what you call pop them? Cops. I don't know. Pop cops. Pop cops. They take. Pop so cops. we go to the police station and detective detective lieutenant man uh, has all of Dan's stuff because they found it in Marta you know secret spy lady's apartment and she's dead now because she was beaten to death. Not just she was dead. She has apparently been mauled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like beaten to death in her apartment sometime last evening. Cheekbone crushed, jaw broken, nose splattered, not a pretty sight. Wait a minute. We found your jacket draped over a chair. And considering the condition of your hands, I think you have a few questions to answer. Unrecognizably mauled, which is, I think all the murders in the show have tended to be on the extreme. (laughs) Why not add another one? Uh, It's very Greek. It's very Greek. Uh, They happen off camera. But, you know, know, I forgot (laughs) about that. I forgot that Marta was actually the one who was murdered um, because they never, I mean, they they talk about it, but it was just like so um, part when it was talking about she was mauled. Then it's just back to Jessica Fletcher doing her thing. I mean, I just felt like <laughs> I, it was just forgettable, the murder. The whole Joiner thing is a red herring, which we've seen happen before with mm-hmm. the first murder. It's not actually a murder. You know, they, no one ever truly explains it. Joyner, you know, shockingly enough, just dies because he has a heart attack because he was mad. Completely unrelated heart attack. Yeah. So he wasn't poisoned. Which, which they chose to the move his body. Bartender. Yeah. <laughs> I see, that's what I thought they were going to do with the plot, is I thought it was going to be Senator dies and it's believed to be a heart attack, but there's actually a cover-up or we're trying to figure out who did it maybe it was her maybe she's yeah. working for someone like a political intrigue kind of thing yeah. no uh, so instead lucky. it's an off-camera murder of someone that we've seen <laughs> twice you had hope you had high hopes well i mean you know so okay marta gets mauled it's just like right. oh okay that's kind of violent there are no other kind of female characters strong female characters in this show at all no. i mean i thought diane was a total fucking sideshow bob fop it's weird that also Fletcher goes from being very concerned because the next thing we see her is wanting to know more about the fishing, the cannery bill, but she's spending all her time where she knows that she's being pointed to this position in a federal Congress position, and then she's flakes off working on that to <laughs> do her normal shtick. Like I would have liked it if she tried to like really fight her passion to like I need to, I want to go do this, but I have to do this, but something's pulling her in. Like she actively is just skipping the job to go figure out this murder. Oh, yeah, looking at her messages, looking at all of her messages, not even giving a fuck. Nobody's going to get a call back. While also asking people in Congress to cover for her. Like, while she's like, I'm going to go solve this thing. Can you buy me some time? She's just, like, (laughs) constantly suckering people into working with her. Diana is walking Jessica to some committee meeting, and there they meet Thor Danzinger. You know... Thor Danzinger. I'm Thor Danzinger. I'm with the Ecological Foundation. Once he's apparently also a lobbyist wanting to talk about the canning bill, and Diana's very rude to him and says, well, we got to get going. Get the hell out of here, Thor. What we later learn is they're, they're, they're an item. They're together. Put up a you know some sort of front. Oh, ruse. People don't know. A little ruse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did it work. He was Thor Danzinger. As a, a question, because you two are together. Do you guys ever Ooh. do any ruses like this to get mm. uh, advantages for people politically i don't know do we have full-on signs if it's like get me out of this conversation like I, you're across the room having fun i'm dying over here i do i have a ruse for act like you don't like me because you know this guy is very important is kind of laying it on thick here uh, we, sorry we certainly- I'm, I'm all over the place i don't remember what our talking point is we're, we're talking. We're talking about Thor Danzinger. Thor Danzinger. Oh, okay, Thor Danzinger. I'm Thor Danzinger. Yeah, he he says. I want to talk to you about this bill. And Diana says, let's not talk to him. Let's go to the committee meeting. So then we go to the committee meeting. And there we see Dixon, who we saw before 
in the in the whole hotel room. He is the vice president of Pendrake Foods, uh, which is the cannery. He if he he wants to build a pass because then he gets this cannery and he's going to make oodles of money. We go back to Jessica's office. Uh, Joe, remember Joe? We've already forgotten about him. He's back. Uh, the <laughs> hey that guy or what? Well, well, well. He says well, well four hundred times. He wants Jessica to meet with this gossip woman, this gossip writer. I don't know any K Shepherd. She's only the Empress of Washington gossip syndicated in 98 newspapers. Now, believe me, Mrs. Fletcher, you're going to get good exposure and a great lunch. But I don't need exposure, Joe. And I know I don't need a great lunch. And of course, JB's like, why? No, why would I do that? That I don't want to do that. Lieutenant Detective Man is there. They have evidence that Dan did it beat Martha to death and that's why they still have him in custody mm. because all his stuff was there he had blood on his hands but he's having trouble with his stomach and his feet so that tells him there's still something fishy <laughs> and and she walks him through because I think is this maybe this is the scene or it's somewhere around here she puts together I'm sorry Spencer's having a, having a heart attack my back was hurting so I knew that this wasn't the scene we should be talking we should move on yeah I feel like we gotta cut some fat here yeah. She finds out that he didn't kill Mar- Marta, Morty, Mar- Marta, 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 Mordecai. <laughs> there was blood and, st- and stuff on his shirt that the police thought, well, if he has blood and stuff on his shirt, he must have done it. However, the patterns were similar to that of if you were to like, if you were to carry a body, it's that same way. So the blood yeah. came from somebody else's hands and they were imprinted on his shirt. Ergo, he didn't do it. That's good, Mrs. Fletcher. Very good. Maybe you should have been a cop. I am a cop when I'm at the typewriter. <laughs> You're not at your typewriter now. We learn a little bit more about Dan, and the, apparently he was going to AA, and he was a recovering alcoholic. He had not been drinking, but then a month ago, his wife had left him, and that's when he that's when he <laughs> went back on the booze, and some congressmen were taking advantage of him to kind of sway him to do what they wanted on bills and things like that. Jessica tells Joe Blinn, the media guy, hey, I need you to get more info on Marta. We need more info on her, because I just... Things are not adding up. Yeah. The cannery man and the cannery lobbyists <laughs> are in, meet in some random yeah. bar and then think, I don't want no part of murder. Get my name out of this. They're like, well, I want no part of it. So they are cross accusing each other. And all this scene really is to do is to think maybe it's one of them. It's got to be. Yeah. I, I wrote a note here. Everybody's coked up. what the fuck did not expect that from murder she wrote but at this point in the episode who did you think was who did the killing of marta i thought it was diane but i didn't know why i don't think it's to the credit of the episode i just didn't know i thought it was thor i thought it was thor I thought Thor Dutthold Dutburger Nutburger or whatever his name is. I'm Thor Danzinger. <laughs> Thor Nutburger. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I just was that's like, his name now. <laughs> he's too fishy. Every time he comes on, he's smarmy, and it's it like, like a cannery. And, and he's also like elusive. And I was like, he's and he's just on the outskirts of all of it. That he seems something's afoot, man. Mm. My my toe mm. was, uh, you know, it was. It felt like I had stubbed it. So it means that uh, Thor did it. <laughs> so I thought it was Diane as well. Because I didn't okay. really know her purpose, and she was her hair was so bad, and that <laughs> her costumes were so bad. I just thought, surely, she's committed a crime here. I guess we're almost three for three. I or I thought it was Diana. And one scene that is important to mention is that 
we get a scene of them, they're lovers, and we they connect. And so I think there's an assumption that maybe it's both of them. That's kind of where I was at. I was yeah. like, oh, I think it was maybe a cahoots together thing. Ooh, Ooh. couples murder. So I thought it was her, but with like Thor's help. Oh, yeah. Like he was kind of like, like, remember that movie Batman and Robin where they had Poison <laughs> Ivy and Bane. So Thor yes. is Bane and <laughs> she is Poison Ivy. Hey there, pretty birdie. No beauty. Just the beast. I see it, and okay. I, and, and I respect. Do you think it was like a sexual thing, Spencer? Are you? Yes. Well, wait, Bane and Bane and Poison Ivy, or, or no. Thor and Diane? Thor and no, Thor and Diane's killing of Marta at this point in the episode. Oh, you thinking... think it was like try to spice up their sex life by hey, let's, oh. let's let's try a little role play. What do we yeah, want to do? A oh, let's, murder. Let's beat the holy fuck out of somebody. <laughs> I've always been. In- <laughs> Jessica meets finally with the gossip gal, Kay Shepard, for lunch. I thought this scene was a joke. Is it maybe because she had a cat in a restaurant? This is peanuts. I shouldn't think they'd allow that. They don't. <laughs> when there's this great lo- so this yeah this gossip writers in this very hoity-toity restaurant in DC. She's meeting with Jessica. And she has this this white cat, and she's just dressed in like 1920s flap, not flapper clothes, but just like old timey rich, old old lady flapper, old yeah. money. Yeah, you know? old money. and she's just, <laughs> and she keeps saying things like, "Well, I'll never tell. I won't. I can only speak what I can speak to." Like just weirdly coded words. In your note, you said you had information about Marta Craig's killing. Second thing you learned is the fine art of back scratching. And a waiter comes up with with a with a little tray and a little glass of milk, and she puts the cat down, and pour, and the guy pours cat some little bowl of milk, little dish of milk. <laughs> and there's this great line where Jessica says, "You're probably not supposed to have that in here. It's not supposed to be in here." And the lady says, "No, it's not." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why is the scene here? Why is this here? Why get rid of it? it, it I do what I want. No, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't like her tone. I was just like, oh god, cringing the whole time because of course it's a tall black waiter, the only black person in the episode. What yeah. is it? Yeah, is serving a cat. Is serving a cat? Oh my god. And god. if if that's supposed to make us think, okay, this character is just a piece of shit. Uh, good, I buy it. I yeah. I agree. I think so. I have <laughs> a feeling that in the eighties they wanted this character to seem like the, <laughs> you know, the aspirational <laughs> character. The whole gist of it is to show that well, I have this piece of information about Marta, and I'll give it to you, but you have to give something to me. Quid and I think this whole quo. scene's intention is to say like. Oh, look, DC's corrupt. Yeah. And then the information piece that she gives to JB is, well, I saw Marta leaving a building, and then Dixon was there, and he followed after her. Je- Jessica knows that. It's a our, small town. Yeah, literally, also, we literally wasted our time. So you, you're supposed to tell the police that when there's been a murder, okay? Like, that's right. actually evidence, or, you know. I'll like, never tell. <laughs> yeah, in fact. Meow, meow, meow. Lick, lick, lick. Well, and it does set up a moment at the end conclusion that I the payoff's not enough. Like what it's trying to set up later about the whole, how, you know, DC is a business, is a cutthroat business. I just, I just don't buy it. Yeah. Can um, I ask one question? And maybe this is uh, off. This is off color. Do you think she kisses that cat? Like, I think like, that cat like she, kisses like, her little tongue. Like on oh, the yeah. bee hole. On <laughs> the bee hole. That's exactly what I meant. <laughs> Which whose bee hole? Which bee hole? Okay. You don't want to kiss no cat bee hole, babe. But the cat. <laughs> 
Well, I've never owned a cat. So. <laughs> she goes, <I> have. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe returns to Fletcher's office. He has some info about Marta, but it's kind of like wussy. It's not that good of information. So she's like, well, she even shrugs it off. She's like, go up back out there and get some real information. He's like, all right, me. I'm going to go get some, but first I got to go slam some dust, okay? <laughs> Apparently, Diana called in sick. And so Jessica does the logical thing to use a Rolodex to look up Diana's address. <laughs> Congressman Dan arrives, and he has actually a pretty moving speech about... I'm living on the edge. It's been like that for a year and a half. To the people who elected me and to my wife and kids. I can't go halfway in anything. I drove them away because of my work, and now I've got nothing. I don't believe that. Ever since that night, I've been going to two and three meetings a day. But I still don't know from one day to the next if I'm going to slip. Dan, like most of us, you're slightly imperfect, but that's not a capital offense. And Jessica, like, convinces him not to do that, to take his life back. It's actually pretty moving. Some of the best acting we've seen in the show thus far, with a grain of salt, very, very low, low, low <laughs> bar to cross to do that. But I thought it was a pretty good moment here. She, like, says two words, and he's like, you know what? <laughs> I am gonna try. It's just like, oh God. I'm leaving this life to go find myself. I think you should be a senator. You're right. You're fucking right. I was wrong. Right? Just uh, give me a little more is what I'm asking for because, yes, she is an impeccable, impeccable actor. She never misses. And she could have, that could have been a. A little bit more of a pep talk, you know, a yeah. little bit more. I don't think any moment any moment they give Jessica to shine, they often give to the man in the scene. Like, they're like, no, 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 let's get back to the man and his emotional grief. Let's get yeah. back to his anxiety yeah, and, how, and yeah. his strife. Right. So we can be happy for him. Ugh. Yeah, there's this weird subplot of the redemption of Congressman Dan from being an alcoholic. Bo- a body moving, uh, a body moving alcoholic. <laughs> like he moves a dead body. Well, he gets, wakes up in a gets fingered by a hobo. Wakes up in an alley. <laughs> now it's gone through redemption in a matter of minutes. And at the end of it, he there's like this beat, and then he just reaches in and hugs her. And even Jessica's like, oh, oh, oh okay, and like falls oh in. God. Like I guess I'll comfort this asshole even more. What yeah. if he went in for a kiss at the end of that hug too? Just like <laughs> yeah. a, I loved it. Uh, She's like, or no, he, would, no, no. he whispers, he whispers in the ear. Have you, have you ever thought about kissing a cat? Yeah. <laughs> so she uses the Rolodex, the power of the Rolodex, to go to Diana's apartment, and she just barges on into the apartment, and she's like, "Well, I just have these questions about this bill. We should talk to that Thor guy." She's like, "Perhaps we could ask that nice Mister Danziger. I'm sure he'd be glad to help." Well, suppose we ask him. Why don't you have him come out of the bedroom? I hated this scene. He slowly stumbles out and she put it together because there were cigarette butts. Period. End of that's sentence. God, I wish there was more to that sentence that I just said, but unfortunately, <laughs> well, that's what it is. A cigarette butts. A scene we kind of skipped over is I just got to see a picture of Marta and Diana, who used to be cheerleaders at college together. Yeah. And that led her to believe that they knew each other because they must have used to go to college and that's... That's why. Well, did anybody else have a problem with the fact that she just fucking barges right into 
uh, <laughs> her secretary's apartment and then like demands that her lover come out of the bedroom. Yeah, get the fuck out of my get house. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> they get called because they get called into the police station because now they're suspects because they have connections to the, the murder victim. Yeah. And apparently Thor had been blackmailed because a photo of him and Marta in a bed together had been sent to him. <laughs> he was knocked unconscious by Marta. He had a drink that she gave him and she took the photos when he was drugged. Mm. And that's her ruse, obviously. That's that's what that's what she does. She, she obviously yeah. sets politicians up for blackmail. Joe driving Jessica again. He drives like a crazy person. Yeah. He's oh, like yeah. weaving around, does not give a crap. Uh, your driving's not getting in the way of your reading, is it? Oh, English novel. And notice he doesn't have driver his driver gloves. Did you notice, audience? <laughs> Jesus. Pay attention if you're not paying attention to well, they the don't, driver Well, they gloves. don't bring it up in the scene at all. That's what's. We'll get to it in a second, but that's, it's very important that he's not wearing driver gloves. Is it? <laughs> is it really? It's, it's important not fair to the show. It's it not is. important in my life. It's not fair. It's not fair. Don't pull that out as evidence if you don't spend enough time on it early in the show. I, 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 do, the I, I do want to say we glossed over very quickly is that uh, Thor... And Diane, in a matter of five minutes, have Jessica barge in the bang session, break it up, and convince them to go to the police station to clear their name. Oh, yeah. They do it. They cut to the police station. We got Sergeant Burpee and, and Jessica in there, and they confess, and they say this. I took one drink. She must have drugged me. Thor wanted to bring you the photos, but I stopped him. Innocent or guilty, it would have cost him his job at the Ecological Foundation. And uh, Captain McFarty just goes, okay, you can leave. Okay, all right. All right, the two of you can go. All right. <laughs> That's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard enough. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. It's funny because he, as a character, he's so, like, very incredible in some moments and then so not. Like, there was a moment earlier where he has a whole conversation by himself where he talks about, well, everyone in my family is a rabbi, but I became a detective, but maybe I should have been. Did I tell you I was the first cop in my family? My two brothers are rabbis. Now, why should I complain? I blame the editors, you know, I do. <laughs> He's a lot like me. He, he couldn't help what came out in the final cut. Yeah, I feel like he, he really acted his balls off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But but that's how they treat him. It's it's borderline stereotypical. And it, oh, it was He does his best. He really does bring a lot to the role. It's yeah. just unfortunately just so bo- poorly written. My gut tells me there's trouble. But when my feet hurt, it's a, it's a sign that things are not exactly kosher. I know this deli. Guy who runs it, Max, a friend of my cousin Sadie, he makes a lox and cream cheese platter you could die from. Lox? Is that something like a filter fish? Mrs. F., for a bright woman, you have been leading a very uninformed life. Permit me the pleasure of educating you. <laughs> it was marginalizing. It was. To be quite honest. Yeah. To see uh, just another human being acting their balls off and have to deliver these horrible lines. Culturally you know? appropriate. Like, yeah, misappropriating. Oh, my bunions. they killing me. Do you guys want to go eat some matzo balls? Uh, dreidel, dreidel. <laughs> oh, my back. It's, it, that is it. I'm going to, I'm paraphrasing. You'll have the best lox. Oh, you don't know what lox is. I'm going to change your life. Yeah, it's a rye bread. Oh, yeah. It was Wait, is that kosher? I don't know. I'm just watching. It was I, I just see a lot of like white Christian Protestants in that writing room, just like ah, we got him, ah, we got him again. <laughs> Don't worry, gang. We stopped the war on Christmas this year. We won the war on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> we get a flurry of scenes getting us to the end. Diana 
uh, she gets to her office and Diana says that Raymond's that's the Dixon guy. Wait, who's Raymond? Raymond is Dixon's oh, Ray first Dixon, name. Ray Dixon. Yeah, he says Dixon has been uh, has already been sniffing. She says the word sniffing around her office, and that one phrase sniffing around is what makes Jessica pause and figure everything out. But she also has to go do a vote, so she does that first. So then she tells Joe... I just got a most wonderful lead from Kay Shepard. It seems a jilted boyfriend of Marta's was hanging around her apartment when she brought Dan home with her. What? A few minutes later, the boyfriend saw another man going inside. It must have been Ray Dixon because their confrontation. And Joe's like, "Well, that's probably right. Yeah, okay. What's what's going on here?" And so, um, <laughs> yeah. it was a good well. It was a very good well. I'm gonna go figure that out. Yeah. Then they have. Then she goes to this congressional committee meeting and she has this moving thing saying, "You know, they're already. You know, obviously this cannery would bring jobs to my district, but there are already seven canneries that were closed down and abandoned. Which some of you, Raymond Dixon, owned some of them. So why? I'm gonna say no in this bill. Why don't you just like take care of the buildings you already have?" You, right. you, you crook. You filthy <laughs> son of a bitch. And there's everyone stands up and clack. Now, Mr. Dixon, you and your fellow canners have been taking a lot out of the state of Maine, and I think it's high time you started putting something back. And she's the best congresswoman ever of all time, ever. Everyone claps. This is so stupid. Uh, that would never happen. Would that actually legitimately happen? What I love. No. no. This, this scene starts, though, just to tell you just how out of the world it is. It starts, and there's like. The secretary the, the, runs in. The, the crowd is harumphing, and the dude who's in charge of this committee picks up the gavel and goes, literally, order! 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 order. In the court! Like an English person! <laughs> Order, order, please. This is just like a this is just like a committee meeting, right? It's yeah. like a committee vote. This yep, is... just a committee figuring things out. It was, yeah, no, it was, it was real <laughs> serious. Yeah, no, I honestly, I thought um, that her point, I was like, oh wow, that's great, sustainability. I love this message. I really loved her in this scene. I have to say, I was just like, yes. this is definitely the highlight scene of the episode. Yeah. Does it fit? No. But is it good? <laughs> sure. Yes. It's yeah. like a quilt. It, it, uh, what's the movie? Mr. Smith Goes to Washington? I've never seen it, but I presume there's a scene where Jimmy Stewart gives a rousing speech to the floor, and it's just yeah. him, and then the whole audience cheers, and cuts a, cuts a credits, Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> you know. And this was kind of that for an episode of Murder, She Wrote, where Angela Lansbury's going to act her ass off in front of other old people and... and shine for a sec and I, it was good it was a very good speech and i agree with her she presents the perspectives right about canneries do you think the clapping scene was that if somebody is taking a nap while watching they at least can wake up from their nap to then be present for the final scene of the show <laughs> that's how they wake up so now we get our final scene where we're in marta's apartment and there's a pair of hands picking a lock and it's Joe. Joe's breaking into Marta's apartment, and he's got oh, like a yeah. cloth that he's using to opening everything, and he's trying to plant something in the cabinet. But there's Detective M- Pain Man, and he catches uh, them. This morning, I shit my ass off. I did diarrhea, so I knew it. something was up. <laughs> I made liquid magma out of my asshole this morning, so I knew it's got to be your driver. There would be a B and E later this afternoon. 
<laughs> Where's my latke? <laughs> oh my god! Um, and the whole reason that she figures out that he did it was when she he first picked her up. He had these fancy leather driving gloves, but then after Marta died, he w- never had them ever again. And that's because he wore them when he killed her, when he beat her. And then when he's finally caught, his tone changes. This is what I was trying to allude to earlier. I'm no different than anyone else in this town, Mrs. Fletcher. You buy and you sell. People. Legislation influence. There's a price tag on everything and everyone. He turned into a whole different character. Oh. And I thought this moment, this was kind of cool. I thought his little, I mean, it was definitely over the top. and It's over the top, but it's it's really like sinister. Very insidious performance, yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I was a little upset that it was him. I really, I do stand by, I really liked his cocky go-getter character. I Mm -hmm. liked him as being a weird companion for her for this one episode. I was a little disappointed that it was him. But like you guys said, he does that switch really, really well. And I enjoyed his monologue at the end. My my beef, my beef with the scene, it was, he he was a wolf, man. He just turned full, like full werewolf, like before us and, and did it so well. Mm -hmm. My beef with the scene is there was a flat foot standing behind detective farty pants and Jessica who moves around as he starts to confess the the flat foot moves around he walks around and he stands behind uh Joe as he's confessing and as Joe's confessing they just both walk out of the room like no Miranda rights no handcuffs no. just like okay we're going to jail Joe knows the deal I'll just follow him out no big deal it's so amicable ah you got me Jessica <laughs> Oh, Jess. Yeah. Forget about the fact that he ble- beat a woman to a bloody pulp. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Just let him walk out the door. Joe, I'm going to have to take you to jail. It's a bit of a formality, but uh, yeah. if you could just kind of get in the car and drive Yeah, along. weird energy. That last scene was weird. Weird, energy. flat, yeah. Well, I mean, Joe's performance was uh, it was electric, but it was just weird. Do you think that when they were filming this episode, that was the first scene that they filmed of him? <laughs> and he like really he thought he had built up this character in his mind who he thought it was going to be and he does this episode and then after the day shoot they said hey man you know what's for these next couple scenes let's let's tone it let's down. do bad let's not act so well let's, <laughs> yeah. let's just murder she wrote. this isn't like a this isn't a big break for you this isn't gonna get you anywhere i did look up if he was in much and he wasn't in much so so which is nah. unfortunate i thought he was really like he's still alive maybe we try and contact him maybe we <sighs> get anyway we, so we have a, we have a running list of people we want to be on the show one of them yep. is jessica fletcher's stunt double J or angela's stunt double Which i can't yeah. find her name so if anyone has any clue, we want to get grady Obviously. Obviously, he's on the top of my list at the very least. I want Jake to. I want Jake to have a sort of. I want to be the Doctor Phil between Jake and Grady. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, this is where yeah. the episode yeah. ends. Uh, the guy, the detective lieutenant, ouchy man, says, "Let's get some bagels." <laughs> Literally, let's It'll get some bagels. And then it's over. <laughs> It's over. <laughs> we did it. We did, we it, did oh it, everybody. God, That's it was, capital offense. It was real. It, let me tell you, it was bad watching it. And the second time around, you know, I loved it the second time around. Just shitting all over Did you it watch it you twice? Guys. No, right oh, now. Oh, oh, okay. no. oh, I feel like oh, I'm my God. I was, I was a little frightened for you. A little bit of housekeeping. We have to pick our who would we keep of the people in the show besides Jessica. Who would you keep to return in future episodes? Who would I keep? I think, um, well, you can't bring Marta back. Yeah, she's dead <laughs> as fuck. Okay. Uh, 
Um, I think Dan Kepner. Dan Kepner. Okay. And his, you know, he's going, he's on a new path. And Jessica, huh. you know, helped him see that. And I think, you know, I'd love to see him help her out in a future episode, maybe. That's a great answer. I love it. Simply because he was just so, like, into Jessica Fletcher helping him solve crime. I mean, Captain Farty Pants, man. I, he would be, it, I mean, just, just because. <laughs> Detective it, Lieutenant Avery. Like, if we could have him come back, I would love to see it. Uh, I want to keep. The driver, Joe. I, Joe, I, I do too. He just had so much charisma, and he was such an interesting actor. I hate that he's the villain, so I don't think I could have him back in any other episodes. I, I would also keep him. I think he's the best part. I think he's a shining part of the episode. Both not only him being the killer, but just a character in general. He's unpredictable. And I think those are the characters that often I find myself drawn to in Murder, She Wrote, whereas everybody else is clearly bad person or good person. You scum! Yes. Scum, yes, you're scum. Sitting, so are you. You scum. I think that there's there's too much, too many characters built in this world for them not to return somehow. Yeah. Like I, right. I, I, I think I, I think we're gonna get some. I predict a surprise return. I predict two things okay. also. I predict a trip to Hawaii, and then I don't know, maybe um, I don't know, maybe a lover, maybe Jessica <sighs> actually has oh. something more. Well, I, okay. I, I am so obsessed with trying to figure out how her dead husband is gonna come into play because I early on in the show it was made to believe that her relationship with him being dead and still having baggage about that. I thought that was gonna be something that was gonna return. Oh. But don't hold I'm your breath, that's, buddy. It's too, yeah, that's too real. That's just too real. That's too, oh, I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, right. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for being on the show with us this week. This is uh, where can people Such find you? Where can people learn more about what you guys do? So you can find us on uh, mainly on Instagram right now. Um, it's GrowHouseTX on Instagram and then when then we have two seasons of content uh, which was edited by Jake Sanders Yay! himself uh, on high time on high times TV that kind of just is our show traveling uh, as two cannabis advocates from Texas traveling around America and the globe uh, oh, yeah. to figure out what it's all about and bring it to our home state. Yeah, it's called Grow House. And then in uh, the spring, our docuseries will come out. It's called Big Texas Hemp. And we've been tracking six farmers from seed to harvest in this very first harvest of hemp in Texas in 80 years. So it's a very, very big deal. It's wow. going to be a really dope show. I'm so excited about it. And um, I'm excited to share it with you, Jakey. I think you're going to... Fuck yeah, guys. I can't wait, impressed. truly. I'm so excited. Thanks. You, yeah. guys, you guys are doing a great job. Thank you for having us on. It's a great podcast. Oh, I really see... It's a, it's, it's a great idea, and I see longevity. I think this. I think it's got longevity, guys, and I'm, I'm proud of you. I see longevity and just the sheer fucking numbers of how many ep- goddamn episodes there <laughs> My are. white beard hairs have tripled since <laughs> just even just the beginning of this episode, so we're <laughs> headed in the right direction. Thank you for listening to the Murder We Watched podcast, featuring Jake Sanders, Spencer Mirabal, and special guests Patrick Pope and Liz Grow. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Murder We Watched Podcast. You can also review our podcast on Apple Podcast, 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 the word podcast. I'm going to keep saying the word podcast.